This is an All Ears English Podcast, episode 302, Why Just Speaking May Not Be the Best Route to Fluency in English. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, downloaded more than 7 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. In today's episode... Our guest, who is pursuing a PhD in psycholinguistics, will challenge your assumption that speaking is the most important part of learning English. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, welcome to All Ears English. Thanks for listening today. We have a guest on the show today. Our guest today is an English teacher from England living in Japan. He is the father of three bilingual children and is halfway through a PhD program in psycholinguistics and has used his insight about language learning to go from speaking poor Japanese in 2008 to being a translator in 2010. Our guest today is Julian from doingenglish.com. Julian, welcome. How are you today? Hi, Lindsay. Good morning. And um, good morning to your listeners as well. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad you're able to make the time to come in and, and talk to our listeners today. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Julian, can you let us know what your you've been teaching English for a while. You've also done you've gone kind of deep into how people learn languages with your research, with your master's degree and your Ph.D. program. So you've really done a deep dive into how language is acquired. So we want to get a sense of what you know about language learning. What is your general philosophy on how language learning actually works? Right. My, my, my general philosophy, I, I see learning language, well, learning English, learning, well, any language, really, as um, essentially being a very, very simple two-step process. I say two steps, but of course, these things aren't kind of really separate. You know, it's all happening at the same time, but it's easier to think mm -hmm. of it as two steps. And that is, first, we need to learn the language that we need for our specific situation, mm -hmm. and then we simply need to apply that and just do it. And then from there, it's a case of just repeated process. You know, you learn the language you need for your situation, do it, repeat, as it were. Nice. 
And did you form this philosophy through trial and error of your own, or is this mostly through the research that you've done, or is that both, a combination of the two? A combination of my own learning Japanese, a combination of teaching and seeing what works in classrooms, a combination of research. It's just, yeah, a mix of everything, really. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, it should be a practical thing. It's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the most natural things in the world to learn a language, isn't it? I mean, we learn languages as children. And so if we can take that philosophy into our adult lives, you know, we'll be better off. I like it. I like it. So, Julian, can you break this down into three kind of practical tips? We like your idea, the philosophy of, you know, learn the English that you need and then practice it. But how, what does that mean for our listeners? Sure. So, well, it sounds kind of obvious, doesn't it, really? You know, learn the language that you need for your specific situation and then just do it. But um, as always, I think, I think the devil is in the details, as, um, as mm. the idiom goes. And, well, there are 101 things that I could, I could talk about here. But from my experience, there are three kind of free things, free insights, which I think... Um, will make a big difference to what your listeners are doing. The okay. first of them is, the first, the first thing I'm going to say is try and do many different kinds of things in the language. Mm-hmm. English, is, English is a process. It is not something that you can, you can ever have or you can ever get. I mean, you can never say, oh, I've got English now, that's it, I'm finished, I have English. <laughs> Unfortunately, <now>. right? <laughs> it's something that you do forever. It's a process. I mean, in yeah. my academic research, I study, I study chunks, how chunks of language are acquired and processed in the brain. And mm. these chunks basically occur because language is a, it's a habit, basically. I mean, it's why we say a good morning, but not pleasant morning. Or it's yeah. why I might say, I want to get plastic surgery, but not, <laughs> I want to get a plastic operation. Yeah, you know, good point. You, mm-hmm. you could say them, but we don't because language is a habit. It's these chunks that let native speakers speak so fluently and sound so native-like. Yeah. And so having a more balanced practice allows us to learn chunks, do you think? Right. Right. Because experience of the language, experience and using the language and learning the language are synonymous. They're exactly the same. There is no difference between experience and learning as far as your brain is concerned. Mm, and I like that. Each time you, how can I say, encounter the language, have an experience in the language, you're changing and deepening your understanding. So mm. let's go with the phrase, good morning. It's very basic, but it's a, it's a good example. So I hear, yeah. I hear the phrase, good morning, in conversation. I've just had an encounter with that phrase. Then I read right. that in a magazine, and now I understand it in a different kind of way. And then I use it myself and I've just changed my understanding again. And it's every time I come across this phrase in all these different kinds of contexts, I'm seeing it from a different angle in a different kind of way. And my, my understanding is becoming deeper and deeper and deeper. And does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're reinforcing our understanding of those chunks by getting exposure to it from different ways. So writing it, reading it, listening to it, speaking it, just really taking it in in different ways and interacting with it differently. I like it. Do you see a lot of students making the mistake of only doing one of those things, speaking, writing, reading, listening? I think generally people tend to be doing different things, but maybe they are very, very focused on one thing. I mean, they they say, yeah. oh, I need to speak. So right. to learn to speak, you have to speak. And I think that's a bit of a myth, to be honest. Interesting. You, you don't really have to speak to learn to speak. It's all a case of getting the language in there and exposing yourself to it and um, taking it like there, it. really. Hey guys, did you know that it's super easy to share a podcast episode on your phone? Check it out right now. Go to your phone and click share. Share this episode on Facebook, on Twitter, or even send it in a text message to a friend who wants to learn English. Thanks, guys. So would you recommend literally a 25% balance between the four skills? Or is there any one that you think is slightly more important than the other? Would you say it truly is a balance between the four skills? I'd say it's a balance, but I'd also say that it really depends on the person um, and what they need. But I'd say the more balanced you can be, the better. I mean, you should be trying to spend as much time with the language as you can, basically. And yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be speaking and it doesn't have to be listening, but it can be okay. just, just using the language. Usage is usage. Experience yeah. is experience, no matter how Absolutely. you're doing it. Okay, I like that. I think that's the takeaway from your first point is just be with the language, whether it's through reading, speaking, listening, writing, just be around it and interact with it in one way or another. I like it. Right. I like it. Right. Okay, great, Julian. So how about your next point? What's another way that we can apply your insights to our own language learning? Right. My next point, well, we've just kind of touched on this a little bit anyway, but my next point is to try and get get a balance between very intensive activity and very kind of relaxed exposure mm-hmm. to the language. And what I mean by that, what I mean by intensive activity is this kind of very deliberate, very purposeful, very kind of focused kind of practice and study versus just enjoying the language, just relaxing with the language and spending time with it and just, you know, doing something in the language. Yeah, I like this because this sounds like a good way to prevent burnout, right? I see a lot of list of our listeners or a lot of language learners really just burning out quickly because they're, you know, they're in their exercise books, their study guides and they're just working very intensively, but they're not enjoying the learning of the language. Right. There needs to be a balance there between these two things. Yeah, I like that. What kind of activities do you recommend as a good way to get that relaxed exposure to the language? Like, what do you do when you're learning Japanese, for example? How do you get that relaxed aspect? Um, extensive reading, watching TV, going out, mm-hmm. chatting to friends. Maybe uh, karaoke. Karaoke, <laughs> yeah. Karaoke, brilliant way to learn the language, you know. Um, yes. Personally, I'm, okay. I'm a big fan of extensive reading, um, but that's because I'm the kind of person who likes to sit in my house by myself reading books and things. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it depends on the person, whatever, whatever you enjoy, really. It's, just, it's more of a case of spending time with the language than anything else. 
Good. So go with your own personality and do what seems fun to you, but keep it balanced between focused study and relaxed practice or relaxed exposure, at least. Right. I like that. Right. Okay. Okay. Great, Julian. So how about the third piece? What's that third tip that you could offer our audience? The third point, again, this is something which I think we've, we've touched upon a couple of times, but mm-hmm. is, to, is to really focus on things which are useful to you to the exclusion of all else. That is, just ignore things which aren't useful to you. Because there's mm. so much English out there. You know, there is more English than any one person could ever hope to learn. And yeah. we, don't, we don't really become fluent in English. We, we say, oh, I want to speak English fluently. But really, we become fluent in specific topics. It's kind of sure. like saying, um, I, want to, I want to play music really well. Well, what mm-hmm. kind of music do you want to play really well? Do you want to play the piano well? Do you want to mm. play the really well? It's, it's kind of very similar with language and with English. You know, you can, for example, in Japanese, I can speak about, um, I can speak about psycholinguistics probably more fluently than a Japanese person can. But oh, when it, interesting. Um, when it comes to politics, you know, I don't, I don't have the vocabulary and I don't have kind of the the knowledge of that topic in Japanese. So it's a lot more difficult than something that I'm more familiar with. So yeah. the, more that, the more that you focus on a particular topic, the, the mm. deeper your understanding of that topic's vocabulary and kind of phrases and all of these things will become. Okay. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. I think that it makes a lot of sense, especially thinking about today's economy. You know, I think the economy today really rewards specialists, right? right? And a lot of our a lot of our listeners are wanting to learn English for their careers, and they need to be able to go deep in one specific area, whether it be engineering or whatever it is that they're trying to do. And I think in school we're taught to kind of memorize long vocabulary lists that are completely irrelevant to us. But now that, you know, we're in the, the working world, we need to be more selective and more intentional about how we're learning, right? Right, right, absolutely. I mean, again, there's just too much out there. A very extreme example would be, imagine a Korean businessman learning mm-hmm. kind of American slang and trying to perfect his American accent, just as an example. Right. It could be British, you know. Uh-huh. But what is he actually doing with the language? He he does business meetings in Singapore. Right. Yeah. You no, know, this American slang and American sounding like mm-hmm. an American is kind of irrelevant to that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For somebody else who may be doing business in America a lot, it might be much more useful. But, you know, it's it really depends on the person and their specific situation. Yeah, absolutely. And so now that we have the internet and there's just so much information available online, some of it's better than others, but really to be very specific and select a very niche down area of English learning, right? right? Is that is that the recommendation there? That is absolutely my recommendation, yes. I love it. I love it. So just to recap your tips, the idea of getting very balanced practice, not just speaking, not just listening, but doing all four skills and really being with the language. And then you also said the importance of balancing between being serious and being a little bit lighthearted with the way that we're learning, the way that we're encountering the language and having experiences with it. And then your third tip was to really focus on what's actually useful for you and think of it in terms of going deep right now not going broad, but go deep into one area where you can really stand out and use it, for example, in your career or your academic life. Yeah. Right, 
Ryan. Great. Great. Is there any final message you want to send to our listeners here? Final message. Um, (laughs) Relax. Enjoy it. Again, English is a process. It's not something which you will ever finish. So relax. Enjoy it. Have fun. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a process. I think if we think of it as a process, it makes it so much easier. It's not about getting anywhere. It's about enjoying the process a little bit. Well, Julian, this has been great. And so would you let us know where to find you online? And maybe you could tell us a little bit about your course that you have on your website. Right. Um, The best place to find me is doingenglish.com. When you go to that webpage, in fact, the only thing you can do is sign up for my uh, daily newsletter. I have something called the Doing English Daily Newsletter, which is a free uh, email that I send out every day. I I share all kinds of stories, tips, anecdotes, different things. And I also share kind of my story as somebody who has learned kind of language, uh, what well, learned a language and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's the best place Great. to start. Um, and it's, it's actually the only way to get information about my courses as well. Great. Great. Um, so we have to get to know you a little bit first. I like it. Right, right, <laughs> right. I think, I think it's better that way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, this has been great. Julian, thanks so much for taking your time to come to come in and tell us about your philosophy. We, I think our listeners are really going to resonate with this. And you've given us something to think about here in terms of, you know, as we know, in this world, it's very common to emphasize speaking, speaking, speaking. But now we have an opportunity to think about broadening our practice and the way we actually interact with the language. Great. As I said, thank you for having me. <laughs> thanks so much, Julian. Have a good day. You too. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's show and be sure to come back to our website at allearsenglish.com slash resources for some awesome ideas and special offers to help you get fluent. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. See you soon.